It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode of BGN Radio is brought to you by Clip It, the hottest app that is out there. Watch TV, make clips, and share. For more information, check them out at clipit.tv or check them on Twitter at clipit.tv. Zip Squad. Next level. BGN Radio. Let's go. Welcome to the next level. The Crim Della Crim, Sharon Davenport, Barrett Brooks, Link with BGN. Next level boys breaking down the game of the podcast. Out, but they not the same. TD the fly one. Keep the suits and the wingtips. Honest opinions from the Gibsons to the Winces. I'm left-handed. Barrett Brooks got my blind side. Super Bowl winner. See the game from a champ size. Route concepts down. The techniques in the trenches. You want to learn football? And tune in and listen BGN Radio Next Level Podcast You thinking about discussing the Eagles? Better stop that From senior bowl workouts to the draft Down to training camp Breakdowns of all 22 They the best at that Special insights giving sight to the blind So sit down, push play And when they done, rewind Next Level Alright, here we are Another week The Next Level Podcast We're gonna... Go ahead up the steps. You know where we're going. We're going to go to the up. <laughs> yes, sir. I'm Teron Davenport at T Davenport underscore NFL here with my man Barrett Brooks at B Brooks 72 NBCS. There you go. And and you know what? Sometimes you got to go back in time to, to you know, look at look at your homies and and and. Bring them aboard too. So I got my quarterback, my college quarterback, Chris Waiters, aka Cree. How you doing, man? 
I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, man. I really appreciate it. Well, don't say thanks for having me, man, because you know we we speak the truth here first. Now, Chris, That's we speak right. the okay. truth. So <laughs> we know what you got going on. Let's go. Let's, let's make it happen. Go um, ahead and let them know what, what you have on, and, and you know why I wanted to bring you in here so you could you could see a little bit of you know how how, how we do it. Um, me and a couple friends that uh that I I graduated school with. Um, we we started a radio show on uh, PQ1Radio.com, which is a, a African American owned radio station, and we're dealing with urban sociology and, and urban soci- uh, social issues that are plaguing the community. But we try to do it from a, a solutions based perspective. Um, so that's PQ1Radio.com, and and other than that, I'm the uh, director of ongoing services for the 22nd Police District for Community Umbrella Agency Region 7, an affiliate with uh, the Department of Human Services. See, there mm. you have it. You know, we're we bringing bring in all types of angles for you. We and- cross all barriers here, <laughs> right here. <laughs> so, what, obviously, with the news that, that broke with the Eagles, you have Chris Perduzzi, who is now going to be the head trainer. It's funny, I, I I did a post on that, and somebody said half the team was on IR, so you ain't doing a good job anyway. <laughs> I don't you know, know that I can buy man. into that, but I mean, nevertheless, he stepped down, so we'll see what happens there. More importantly, on a bigger picture, you have a new OC in place, a new assistant head coach. Barrett, what's your take? I mean, coming into this this whole situation. I thought that Deuce would get the job. I did also. What's what's your take? I mean, is that, how, is how did this play out? I'm going to tell you the truth. I think it's more so relationships and camaraderie and that 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 how you going to game day that was the biggest um the biggest deal as far as you know why Deuce wasn't that guy going in. You know, I mean, of course, you know, you know, girl was a former quarterback of Virginia, been a coordinator before in college. But it's still to change the fact with this that Deuce has been here for seven years as a coach, outlasted two regimes here, and not been fired. Yeah, running back coach, you know, the players respect him. I think more so it's about the dynamic between the head coach and offensive coordinator because it's special here. It's not like other places where you have head coaches that are just head coaches. It's not like Pittsburgh where Mike Tomlin is the guy and he, he 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 hands off to his assistant coaches to go out there and do their job. It's different here when it comes to offense. Mm-hmm. Doug Peterson calls the call. He's the signal caller. He he makes things happen on game day. And that dynamic, you know, you, you, you can't look past it because, I mean, would Deuce necessarily grow being offensive coordinator here in this situation? I don't know. I don't know if he would grow from this. You know, I mean, of course, you know, he got handed the title assistant head coach, and that's duly warranted because he's been interviewed as a head coach here, now an offensive coordinator here, but hasn't progressed past that. Right. So it's going to help him. It's, it's a notch on his belt. You know, it's going to look good on his resume. But do you feel as though it's something that, you know, that you should, you know, look at it like, hmm, why was he passed over again? Is it necessarily how he coaches? I don't think so. Not at all. No way. It's a situation where the dynamic on game day is a special dynamic here in Philadelphia because Doug Peterson calls the calls. And I'm glad you mentioned that dynamic because for me, when I look at this whole thing, and it actually came out actually the day of the parade, it came out how a lot of the plays have, have been developed. 
whereas Doug Peterson would empower Frank Reich, empower uh, Mike Grow to bring plays back to him, new plays. And as a matter of fact, the play that Zach Ertz scored the, the game-winning touchdown on was a play that was not originally in the on the call sheet. It was added to the call sheet because Mike Grow and Frank Reich, they went and looked at different plays and pulled different aspects from it as far as the motion. that uh, I think it was Clement. That, that yeah, it was Clement. It was Clement. The motion Great play that design. he went in to get that safety to come down and be worried about this side of the field and also having the bunch formation on the right-hand side. So that way you had the isolation on the backside. With Ertz one-on-one by himself. One-on-one. He's you know, going to win that matchup. No and the question. thing that was crazy is they ran it, that part of the play, because it was a compilation of three plays, that part of the play, I forget when they ran it, but they pointed it out, whereas they ran that play and, and the DB fell on the slant just the same. <laughs> so it was it was just perfect how that whole thing came about. But I say all that to say this is how you see the game day relationship being a bit stronger as far as Grow and, and Peterson from a, a play design perspective. No question. Now, I'm not about to sit here and shortchange Deuce Staley. No question. Because we've no, seen nothing. the relationship that he has with players. You you heard LeGarrette Blunt come out, and what did he say? Deuce is one of the best running backs coach. And then he corrected himself and said, one of the best coaches I've ever played for. Corey Clement. And I've on this podcast, I said I didn't think that he was even going to make the roster. The dude had over 100 yards receiving in, in the Super Bowl. Well, so, you know, I remember I, I broke it down to you. I said, man, Deuce, is, Deuce took him under his wing. Yeah, yeah. That's his did. special project. I said this way back in training. He took him on his wing as his special project. So everybody kept saying, no, he ain't going to make the team. Uh, Pumphrey's going to make the team. I said, no, I'm telling you right now. He's going to make the team because Deuce, number one, Taught him how to run. Number two, he just too talented not to be on the team. You're not gonna be talking about my boy Pumphrey like that, though. I'm, I'm just letting you know, man. <laughs> long story long, no. I know he was gonna be on that pine. Yeah, you did. You, you <laughs> caught it. You caught it. I give you that. Um, but that's a lot of of what resulted from Deuce Staley's tutelage. He helped him become a better runner. And then you look at Jai getting them in and, and just balancing that whole thing. I mean, look, you got. Two guys who have been feature backs, but no he got them to balance it. You didn't hear a peep. Even Wendell Smallwood, a guy who I thought would be more in the rotation. Me too. You didn't hear a peep out of Wendell. And even if you talk to him now, you don't hear a peep out of him. So I think from a, a management perspective as far as how he That's the biggest has, thing right has there. looked over the roster, right? well, his particular group, I think that stands out. But what a lot of people don't see is before practice, what is he doing when you got the tight ends, you got the running backs, the receivers, even some of the offensive linemen catching kickoffs and punts? He's working with the guys who are actually going to be doing that in games and, and helping them. I say all that to say he broke into the league as an assistant special teams coach. Why is that significant? Well, he has experience working with a full roster. Right, right? Mm-hmm. not just offense. Yeah, it, it's different. You know what I mean. So this is just another thing that helped prepare him to take the next step. His goal is not to be an offensive coordinator. His goal is to be a head coach. So I think this continues to steer him in the right direction because now he's going to help build the itinerary, help do the scheduling, help work out just the general overseeing of the team. So it's a good thing for Deuce. No question. You know, I mean, in looking at you know Chris from a from we 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 consider ourselves insiders. You know. 
Give me your take on how you think they approached the situation. Did they do it the right way? Well, from the outside looking in, I was surprised that Deuce did not get the job. Right. Um, we if if you look at the production from uh, the running backs, um, what uh, Teron touched on, how, how the ball was shared, and, and uh, you didn't hear any discontent in the media or anywhere in, in, in terms of carries. I, I, I think uh, the, the other thing, when you look at the fact that uh, he he interviewed for head coach at one point. Now we can debate whether that was because of the Rooney Rule and other issues, but from the outside looking in the outside world, we kind of anticipated the interviews being up for Molly, but that Deuce would get the job. Right, that's right. how we looked at it from the outside world. No question, and it should have been as such, you know. But I mean, not until after I heard that you know that Grove was going to be also a guy that was interviewing for a job that I see, all right, I'm looking at the dynamics of how it is on game day. I'm also looking at the dynamics of, all right, this guy is a former quarterback. And I think those are all things that put into it. You know, the, both guys to the left were former quarterbacks. Right. You know, you look, you look with, you know, the, uh, the, the quarterback, new quarterback coach. You know, those are all things that, you know, mean a lot to this organization. So I can see that. But like I said, Deuce has a very, very strong personality. And the fact that he was able to keep those guys Mm -hmm. together and not go out there crying about not getting touches. I've been a part of locker rooms where I've seen how power struggles come between two really good quarterbacks. I mean, running backs. Mm -hmm. I had Deuce. I mean, I had not just Deuce. It was Deuce Staley. And then you had, you know, uh, I mean, Buckhalter. I mean, all these guys in the same locker room. And it was hard to keep those guys satisfied. I've also been in a locker room where I had Ricky Waters and Charlie Garner, two dynamic backs. Mm-hmm. Both of them are dynamic backs. We're talking about a guy that can break it for 60 yards at any time in, in, in Charlie Garner, but then you have a guy that's going to bruise and give you 30 yards a carry in, 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 in Ricky Waters, who should be in the Hall of Fame at this point. So I've been around those type of, of situations where it's a tug of war. It's, it's something that, you know, it, it created a, a, an imbalance in the, in the locker room in meeting rooms, even in practice. I can remember sitting back, we were in we were in practice one day. And I'm a rookie. I don't know anything about being in an NFL. I'm starting left tackle. I'm in there, you know, coach say practice, I'm practicing. Well I look over, Charlie Garner takes his helmet off and walks three fields over and sits on his helmet while we in practice. I'm like, what is going on? I turn around, I look Ricky Waters is talking to Dick, and Dick was our um, our our, our uh, running back coach. So he goes over to Charlie, walks right across the field. Hey, Charlie, come in and take these reps. He said, "No, nah, uh-uh. I ain't taking no more reps. Tell tell uh tell Ricky to take those reps. I ain't had a running rep all day. You didn't give me all these damn passes. I don't. I, I ain't doing this now. Let him finish the practice out. Let him take all these running reps. Hmm. Wow. So it may just totally mixed up the whole." Practice, you know, because now we're waiting on Charlie to come take his reps, and he's not taking his reps. He's three fields over, sitting on his helmet. And it wasn't until Ray Rose like, "Hey, Charlie, come on over here." I said, "Look, Ray." He said, "Look, Ray, I ain't taking no more reps. You let that MF over there. He gonna take the reps. I'm gonna sit down and watch him take the reps. Y'all want him to run the ball? Let him run the ball. I ain't gonna be no practice dummy. This is the office. This 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 is what you guys put in. You let him do that." So you didn't have that in this locker room. Right. These guys sat back. Laguerre Brunt used to be in that guy. You know, we're talking about, you know, guys that Smallwood was supposed to be the guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And have these guys going this and, and, and 
in that locker room and mix together the way they did and not cry about what was going on, that just goes to show the, the power and, and, and influence that he had inside that locker room, in that meeting room, and on game day. What was all the talk when, when Ajay came here? They said, oh, well, you know, this is a guy who complained about not getting enough carries even after they won. Yeah, yeah. You didn't see that at all. But another thing with Deuce that I, I think really people need to put to bed is this whole X and O thing and, and saying that he's not on that level X and O wise. And this is something that I saw, not this year, obviously, because we were here covering the, the team, but last year when Deuce was the OC for East West Shrine Week, I saw him put in an offense in two days. Cree, you remember our offense. It was difficult to get that thing down in, in, in a month, <laughs> yeah, let alone yeah, you know two days. And we're talking about on a college level. Obviously, you know NFL playbooks, Barrett. He put this thing in in two days, and it wasn't just working with running backs. He's working with the offensive linemen. He's helping the receivers understand the spacing in, in their routes and uh, their alignments, the depth. I mean, literally running the routes for them. And showing them. So I'm not trying to hear that nonsense about he can't install an offense or he's not an X and O guy. It's just one of those things where a lot of times the the intelligence gets gets questioned and it doesn't need to be because he's fully uh, capable of that. But then also with Mike Grow, because I'll be honest, if I had to pick a coach that's my favorite coach to talk to on that team is Mike Grow. Naturally, you know, he's the receiver coach, so well now OC. But I really like what he's able to do with these receivers. And I talked to him at the, during Super Bowl week, and he talked about just making these receivers see the game through the eyes of their, their quarterback. And he talked about the body language, you know, how, you, you know, keeping that upbeat, positive body language will make your quarterback want to throw to you a little bit No more. question. Yep. He talked about you know making sure that you're in the right spot so that you're a trusted player and that, okay, I know if I throw to this spot, he's going to get there. And I think that's, that's something important. that's really key. And, and you know that, yeah. That's something that's really key for a quarterback and receiver relationship. I think Grow is a good a good uh, pick for them in, in this situation. Obviously, like I said, I would like to have seen Deuce get the opportunity, but that assistant head coaching part, I'm not going to say it, it's a pacifier, but it kind of helps that whole thing smooth out. And it's good for Deuce to be in that role. It's hard to be a head coach coming from a running back position, you know. But, you know, and talking about that, you know, relationship between the um, quarterback and the receiver, you know, just Foles getting used to – Throwing to Alshon when Alshon is never open, hmm. but always open. You know, did you have guys, Chris, when you were throwing that you had that weren't necessarily open, but you threw it to him because you trusted they had a huge catch radius and they would go get it for you. You know, yeah, I, uh, I've I've never had an Alshon, but uh, <laughs> um, but uh, I, I I think for those who who uh, played the quarterback position, um, to touch on what uh, Dave was just talking about. It's super important to trust that your receiver is going to be where they're supposed to be at. Right. Because unless you played the position, you have no idea. Sometimes you drop back. It's like dropping back in the middle of an earthquake, and you don't necessarily see the receiver. You see the defense. You see the rotations. Mm-hmm. We was just talking about uh, a smash route that we mm-hmm. scored a touchdown on 17 years ago. Um, like it was yesterday. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, you, 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 uh, you see a front. You, you see a coverage. You. You uh you know you have uh, a hitch and, and your slide guy running a corner, 
you may not necessarily see your guy, but you see where that safety's at, and you see that that corner is uh, trying to cover that hitch. So you got to hope that person is in the right spot they're supposed to be in, because you throw in the spot sometimes, not a person. So I think that trust is important between the quarterback and, and, and the receiver. And, and I did want to comment on the development of uh, Nelson Aguilar, because for sentimental reasons, you know, I, I, I love Deuce Staley and what he brought to the Eagles. I'm an Eagles lifer. But... Let's be real. A lot of us thought Nelson was a bust at, at, at one point. I, I had equal. I had equal. <laughs> and, and I didn't. And uh, <laughs> my son. And and and, and 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 this year, I would argue that he was the best slot receiver in uh, the NFL. Period. Close to it. So, yeah, and I think a lot of that that whole dynamic is interesting with, with how Nelson has become the player that he's become because, yeah, naturally you see a, a, a change in, in coaching mm-hmm. and you're going to say it goes to Mike Grow And I'll agree to an extent. Mike Grow and one of the things that he would always do with the receivers, you would see him, uh, they were running routes and at the top of the route, you know, they, they turn and they catch the ball mm-hmm. and he'll be there with one of those like little Nerf type tools mm-hmm. and beating the ball. You mm-hmm. know, and teaching them to catch through contact. So you suddenly saw these guys be able to secure the football a lot better. You you saw him work with them in, in their stances and, and learn how to get more explosive out of their stances. Mm-hmm. He did a lot of that stuff. So I'm not saying that Mike Rowe didn't have a lot to do with it, but a lot of that was also Nelson Aguilar because the ath- athleticism, the ability has always been there. Oh, absolutely. But it's just he was not right mentally. Yeah, and that's the thing. Everybody at, at that level is, is talented, but the thing that separates a lot of them is, is the, the mental side of it. And once he was able to get that whole thing harnessed, I mean, I remember talking to Nelson almost every day. You know, there, there were times, I'll be mm-hmm. honest, I would purposely just wait at his locker mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I wanted to talk to him. For some reason, I just took to him a lot. And um, he's come a long way. Mm-hmm. Even in just the way his his body language, his mannerisms, a lot of that ha- has has really changed and become so much more upbeat. So there's a, a a nice example of how you know having a guy like a Mike Grow, having a guy he he and Alshon had a relationship back when when Nelson was at USC. Yeah. So having you know a guy that you could bounce things off. And then even Torrey Smith. There, It was a perfect situation for Nelson. And that's why he's become, like you said, one of the best slot receivers in the league. I mean, giving if him that two-way best. goal, it's, it's, it's – I, I mean, I wouldn't disagree that, that he's, he's uh, the best slot receiver because he could affect you vertically. He could – you could run the, the reverse with him and around. Uh, you could let him run the, the, the short routes. He's going to catch the ball and, and – Break tackles like he did, and we were talking about that in in uh, in the studio. No question. That last drive, three receptions, thirty eight yards, and there were two of those were for first downs, key first downs on on, on third downs. So, and he was covered. And he was yeah. covered. And you know, he was covered. That's so, unbelievable, you know. But you I mean talking about these, you know, guys in in the slot, man. You know, we, let's move on a little bit to this this draft. You know, yeah. the combine we got coming up, man. And you for know, sure. I saw a lot of players coming out. And you know, playing this year with me doing college football on the weekends, I I saw 
USC. I, I did a USC game. I did a Texas game. I did all these games watching these people play. I mean, I did Oklahoma game. In fact, I did the, the what is it, Red River rivalry mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where I saw, you know, Oklahoma against against uh, the, 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 the Texas Longhorns. And there was a lot of talent out there, man. You know, who are you looking for necessarily, man, that potentially could be, you know, a breakout guy in this draft? Well, it, it depends. I, I tell you, I'm going back to USC. Mm-hmm. And Ronald Jones, I think, in the right situation, could do some really good things. If you if you put him on a team, and I, this is why I think the Eagles should strongly consider him at 32, if you put him in that outside zone, running those stretch plays and, and those kind of things, he's going to house call those. You know what I mean? And and no offense to Ajay, but Ajay, you, you see him get caught by that backside linebacker, you know, <laughs> running him down or a corner, a DB from the other side of the field because, let's face it, that left side is completely shut down <laughs> and he's getting to the second level untouched. So Ronald Jones is a guy, I think, in the right situation. Um, I, I think there's there's a lot of a lot of guys that could really surprise. Another one that, that I like and um, – he may not get drafted because of some of the background issues that he has, but Antonio Callaway out of Florida is is a top twenty type talent. But oh. he's gotten in trouble. No question. You know. No question. He, I mean, he think he. I did a game. Uh, I did the Texas. What was the Texas? No, I mean not that Texas, but um, I did the um. The, did you do the uh, Alabama game? Yeah. The I, SEC championship two years ago. Two years ago. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, he ate Minka Fitzpatrick alive. And this is a dude they're talking about top five uh, pick as a corner. But then the next year, I did Florida, I think Virginia or something this last year. And he's suspended. I'm like, yeah. Come on up. You, you, you're the top receiver. Oh, no, it was Florida. Um, it, was, it, was in, it was actually in Dallas. It was Florida, Arkansas, I think. And okay. he, he's not even playing. I'm like, yeah, come he's, on. He was, he was gone. So at that point, he moved in uh, with, with Mel Mel Bratton, the former University of Miami uh, running back, 1988 when they won the championship. That's his agent. Okay. So he he wanted to get him up out of Florida. So Dolphins, Bucks, Jaguars, don't do it. <laughs> he wanted to get him up out of, out of Florida and, and and get him in Atlanta and just get to know him and get him right. And I, I think Callaway is going to be one that that can surprise. But there's there's He's so many guys too, you know, it, uh, very explosive, yeah, you know. Explosive. And, and he'll go up and, and high point the ball for you. You look at what Peterson likes to do with those wide receiver screens, uh, having guys run those those underneath routes, those crossers out of the slot position. I think he he's a match too. But I mean, just looking at it from an overall perspective, as far as prospects that I think would stand out, um, that that could have an impact. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of guys, man. There's a lot of guys. I, I like Mark Andrews, the the tight end out, out of Oklahoma. I like him a lot. Tall uh, guy too. Yeah, big, tall, big frame. Big, yeah, country run, strong. Yep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, another guy out of Oklahoma, Orlando Brown. Yes, yes. You know, Zeus's son. Zeus's son. Yeah. You know, we're talking about guys put together. He might be hovering around those late first rounders because. They don't know necessarily he has the discipline to keep his weight down, you know. Mm-hmm. But he's got a nasty edge to him. His disposition is that I want to get in your ass type of dude. That's yeah. what that's what he is. So, I mean, that's that's a lot of talent coming out of Oklahoma, Texas, and Florida, man. A lot of a lot of talent. A man. lot of talent. I mean, you mentioned Texas. Okay, 
we still don't know if Nigel Bradham's gonna gonna resign with the Eagles. You know, I'm sure he wants to be. Actually, I know he wants to be here. He told me that, but obviously with this cap situation, they may not be able to do it. So you may have to bring in a a, a young linebacker in the draft. Well, I tell you what, at 32, if Malik Jefferson is sitting there. You got to consider it, you know. No, so a guy that can play a, the wheel. There's a lot of them. You, he you can know? run. He can hunt. He go hunt, man. He got to yeah. work. He got to work on getting that Velcro off his chest, though. <laughs> I mean, they once they latch on to him, man, he's he's done. But man, you got to get him first, though. If you yeah. can't touch him, he makes sure you can't touch him. But once they get him, man, he, it's hard for him to get you know get guys off of him, man. So yeah. the, I mean, and, and and also you 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 have the injury issues with Hicks. So so, so yeah. I think linebacker is a key spot. For uh, the Eagles to target it in this year's draft. Oh no question. It, it definitely is, and that's a good point with Hicks because that's really why we were able to see Bradham step up the way he did, but also Michael Kendricks. Mm-hmm. So there is a depth issue at, at linebacker for this for this team. So that's something I think they need to address. But I think another thing because the news came out that they're now going to tender Jalen Watkins, so he's going to be probably moving on unless they could bring him back on the cheap. Corey Graham is a veteran free agent. who's going to be a free agent. And we talked about it. Corey Graham came in here and made life difficult for a lot of DBs. A whole As a lot of fact, DBs. He caused one of them to have to move to, to New York because he got traded to the Jets and Terrence Brooks. So I think <laughs> number three safety is another thing you're going to have to look at. And they run a lot of big nickel. Big nickel, you know? exactly. So that's, you know, that's, that's, that's something that, you know, we got to address. Another thing we have to address is, is the defensive line. You know, we, we're talking about a rotation, a heavy rotation. Right now, Elijah Qualls and what's, a villa, what's his name? Destiny Villa. He's, both of those guys, you know, potentially are the only two guys here that play backup tackle. Mm-hmm. There's no one. All the other guys are gone now. Bo Allen's gone now. Yeah, he's gonna so go somewhere. Who do you money. who yeah who do you who do you fill in there? Because they like a good balance of guys coming in in that rotation. They were eight deep right now. I don't know. I mean, like I say, that's my guy, man. Elijah Qualls is my guy, and I don't know if he can stick with that rotation and how they keep coming in and have that production not fall yeah. off. Yeah, and I, I talked to Chuck Smith, who worked with Elijah Qualls. He worked with Jernigan. Marcus Smith, a lot of guys, but uh, Derek. Um, yeah, as well. Uh, Bar- and Barnett was yeah, the Derek main; Barnett, that was yeah. the big one. Barnett's but a monster. He, yeah, and we could get into him. I want to get your take on Barnett after this. Um, but Qualls, he's an underrated pass rusher, no question. You know, Barnett, or excuse me, uh, uh, Chuck Smith did a lot to teach him as far as how to use his hands. And the dude is naturally low, so he always gets that leverage. So I do want to see what happens with him. But another guy, and, and it's kind of a mystery because he was out of the picture all year, but I still saw him around the facility, and that's Stanford D-tackle Aziz Shatu. I remember him coming out, and it was he and, and, and Destiny Vial running with the, uh, not practice squad, but with the, with the, third, with the third team. And they did really well together, and that was a right. tandem. Shatu, unfortunately, injured his knee, and, and he's been rehabbing the whole time. But I want to see what happens there. But as far as Derek Barnett, because I, I've said it before, and I, I think Derek Barnett is actually a better pass rusher than Miles Garrett. And I, I, I think I, the I've same stood thing. behind that. You know, I said the same because thing. Because unlike Miles Garrett, you can't put a tight end and have him block Derek Barnett. It's no. not happening. 
But what's your take on, on, on Barnett Creed? What did you see from him watching him this year? I think uh, the good thing about the kid, I'm saying kid, I feel old. But, yeah, um, it but, is what it well, is. Yeah, 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 right. But um, I think I think the good and encouraging thing about watching him, he made every snap count. He was always around the ball. Even if it wasn't him causing the turnover, he got the turnover. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I've seen more than one play where somebody else forced a fumble, but he was right there. That's hustle to the to ball. To recover the yeah. fumble. And, 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 and I think for any teammate, that's the most important thing, watching somebody go balls to the wall. Got to. Yeah. Got yeah, to. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, that's you know, a you, good point. You, you, you can't be sitting back and letting somebody kick your ass. You can't get to the ball. <laughs> you know exactly. what I'm saying? Exactly. You know, somebody, you know, putting their hands on you. got to get them hands off me. I got to go make a play. And that's what he did, man. His finish was just, you know, yeah. was what made him a good player, man. And, you know, I mean, there's a lot of guys that uh, that were like that on this team. And there's a lot of guys that shouldn't have been playing that got an opportunity to play from injury or whatever it is that took advantage of it. You know, Vinny Curry took advantage of the snaps that he got. It's going to be tough for him to be on this team, you know, with the results with that. that he had from this season. Even though he was there making plays, them that number line isn't, you know, as such that, you know, kind of warrants what he's making. So they might have to ask him, come, let's come back to the table. You know, considering the fact that they're strapped the way they are. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, you know, that mean, that's what this team was, a bunch of guys that should have, could have, would have, and then they did it. You know what I'm saying? And that's the thing. They did it. Right. They did it. When when the opportunity came their way, they took full advantage. And that's what I really like about this team. Uh, just wrapping up, tight end is another issue that I think might have to be addressed just simply because when you look at Trey Burton – He's going to be moving on more than likely. Oh, yeah. A team is going to pay, you know, the premium price to get a guy. I said it before, it reminds me of the Vernon Davis and Delaney Walker situation where Delaney went to Tennessee, became an uh, an all-pro, a pro bowler. So you have Billy Brown, a guy out of Shepard, a smaller school cat that, that can really play. He can catch the football well. He's a converted receiver. He's going to work on the blocking thing. That's what he's worked on with Coach Peel. So I think he's somebody that steps up. But I mentioned Mark Andrews earlier. At 32, if he's there, that's another one I would consider because you put him and, and, and Zach Ertz together, that's a dangerous 12 personnel package that no you question. can really work out. And I know – and actually I, I want to get you to, to talk a little bit about that. I know in school we didn't have a tight end, but you Not still had your wide receiver. You know, you had your A when we went Gator formation. Those throws in between the hashes, which is typically where you see most of your tight ends mm -hmm. roam, what is it about those throws that, that, that makes a quarterback want to go to a tight end more in that situation? They're easy, blitz-friendly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, to, I mean to, uh, to, 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 to kind of sum it up uh, 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 shortly, I mean, if, if, if you recall in you know, the audience, you're not going to be familiar with some of this term, but, but if you recall ABBA, Mm -hmm. I mean, we 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 ritualistically threw to to uh, to, to 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 that a receiver right running that short flat route. I mean, I mean, but 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 those routes, those those short slants and short and short. I mean, they're they're blitz friendly crosser routes. That's usually the person who's going to run your uh, your uh, shallow crosses for you. So so if you're a quarterback and and, and somebody's giving away uh, blitz that they're trying to kick your ass you know what I mean <laughs> on the blitz yeah. you're, 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 you're looking for uh, uh, for that tight end 
so, especially in the scene, especially in, in, in those red zone situations. Hard. Yeah. A- absolutely. And uh, if you got somebody who can run a pretty good seam rouse or, uh, or a skinny post on a, and, and take it away from the blitz on the cover too, if, if you got some outside folks who can occupy that safety, somebody who can get open right in that, in that gap area between the safeties, that's money. That's <laughs> good sure. money right there. For sure. For sure. So that's the show, folks. Just wanted to kind of look at the the coaching situation, give you some guys we'll be watching at the Combine. We're going to have plenty of, of player interviews for you. We'll have other things as far as analysis are concerned. We'll have Creed back on, too. So for <laughs> Chris Waiters, my college quarterback, yes, sir, I'm Teron Davenport signing off for Barrett Brooks. Make sure you guys definitely – Tune in. I know that the combine is coming up. The games are over, but you can still use Clip It. Make sure you download ClipIt.tv. I want some clips of the combine, some prospects that you like. Send them to me at tdavenport underscore NFL. At bbrooks72, NBCS, and we can set it down. Do you have a Twitter? I do not have a Twitter. I do not. We'll get him up to par. Get we'll on get him up to par. So that's the show, folks. Appreciate you. Next level, baby. Thanks, thanks, thanks a lot.